Hello, I'm Carmen Canella, Senior Vice President and Chief People and Belonging Officer at Novant Health. Welcome to Talent Talk, a podcast that focuses on leadership strategies for engagement, development, and retention for the modern workforce. In each episode of Talent Talk, I'll interview a different leader about their transformational practices in leading, engaging, and retaining teams in support of our patients and our communities. These conversations will leave you with a few key takeaways and actions you can put into place on your own teams. Today's guest is Becky Bean, Senior Vice President and Chief Pharmacy Officer at Novant Health. Becky's a pharmacy leader with 24 years of experience in the healthcare industry. In this role, she is responsible for the development and implementation of Novant Health's strategy for system-wide pharmacy services. Becky, welcome. Will you take a moment to tell us about yourself and your role at Novant Health? Absolutely. I'd love to. First of all, Carmen, thank you. Thank you for letting me join your talent talk. Really excited about chatting with you this morning. I will say just a little bit about me. So I uh, have lived most of my life in North Carolina. So I grew up in North Carolina, went to the University of Chapel Hill for both undergrad as well as pharmacy school. Can't believe it's been 24 years that I've been a pharmacist, but have lived here much of my life. I currently live in Denver, which is, we call it Denver of the East, but it's a little bit north of Charlotte uh, with my husband, my two dogs. Some of the things that I really enjoy doing when I'm not working are getting outside. I love to run. I have a little leash that attached to my waist and I take my dogs running with me every morning. So that's what I do to to de-stress and prepare for the work day. Um, I will say I've done a lot in my pharmacy career. It took me a little bit of time to figure out my niche, you know, where I really felt like I belonged and where I really wanted to have an impact on people's lives and and was fortunate enough to land here at Novant Health about 15 years ago. Um, Started as a clinical pharmacist and just had opportunities along the way to grow on my leadership journey. So really grateful for all of the opportunities that have been afforded to me while I've been a part of uh, Team Aubergine. Uh, In my current role, I'm the Senior Vice President, Chief Pharmacy Executive for Novant Health. So what that means is I support pharmacy across the enterprise. So think about all of our acute care facilities, all of our infusion centers, our cancer centers with infusion pharmacies located there, our retail, as well as our specialty pharmacy locations. I support that across the organization. It's really a privilege to both lead an amazing team, but also really be leading the strategy and the vision for what we're doing as a pharmacy team to deliver better health for the community that we serve. So really excited to be here with you and, and chat this morning. Becky, that's fantastic. Thanks for telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, not only your career here, but about your your personal life and about all of Becky. Tell us about your leadership style and your approach to leadership in general. Yeah, so I think about this a lot. Like you get that question sometimes when you're interviewing candidates. I would say really strive to be a servant leader. Like my role is to support the team that I have the privilege of leading. So I really try to to focus on leading from a place of humility. I am not the smartest person in the room, but I want to surround myself with the people who have all the answers. So as a team, we can accomplish great things. I really focus on listening first. So trying not to form an opinion or try to come up with my own solutions, but rather listening to what the team has to say in terms of ways to to get to an outcome. I try to focus on things like trust, so both extending trust, but also being um, um, uh, somebody who people trust. 
So whether that's self-accountability, holding people accountable, um, really delivering on expectations, being clear about what expectations are. So really try to, to focus in on helping teams be successful so that we can achieve more as a team. Well, and clearly you're doing a great job at it, Becky. So, you know, thank you and keep going. <laughs> so you, you first joined Novant Health in 2007. And since then, you've held positions of progressive responsibility. How have things changed since you've been part of Team Aubergine? And what advice would you give to colleagues who are looking to advance their careers at Novant Health? Yeah, I would say, well, first of all, we weren't Team Aubergine when I started with Novant Health. So we were, you know, we, had, we were Novant Health, but we didn't have the Novant Health brand that we have today. So, so much has changed just in terms of how we function as a system, how we collaborate across the system. You know, that's a big change for the better that I've seen since I've been a part of the team. Uh, technology is completely different today than what it was uh, back when I joined the organization. So think about, we didn't have an EHR, we didn't have systems that talked to one another. So there was a system for our hospitals, our clinics were still on paper charts at the time. We were just starting to get into the electronic health record aspect of care. So all of that has changed um, since I started. And I would say, you know, the other piece that's changed is we were very much silos. And I'm not going to say that we've got everything right today, but I think we function a lot more effectively in terms of thinking about how patients interact with our system across the care continuum. So lots of really positive momentum in the, in the time that I've been here um, I would say, you know, I've been lucky. It's unusual for somebody to start as a clinical pharmacist and then have an opportunity to lead that pharmacy team across a big organization. So I feel very um, invested in paying it forward, so to speak, Carmen. So I really try to focus on creating opportunities for the team. So I was fortunate enough to have a couple of people who saw something in me that I probably didn't even see in myself and just gave me those opportunities to, to start on my leadership journey. I never anticipated, planned for, it wasn't my goal in life to, to be a leader, but you know, had people that saw something in me. And so I would say that there's a lot of opportunity here. And what I would tell people in terms of advice is be open to that. You, know, you really have to change your mindset when it comes to change, when it comes to opportunity. You have to see them and take advantage of them when they come up. So I think that, that that's really the key. The second thing that I would say for folks is mentors. I mean, everybody needs a mentor and a sponsor in their life. So when you look around the organization and you see somebody that you admire, that really inspires you, you know, take it, take the um, advantage of trying to develop a relationship with that person. Really think about who can mentor you and sponsor you in a way that's going to help get you to where you want to go in your career. Those are some really great things for, for our listeners to think about, Becky. Thank you. Absolutely. You're talking a lot about team and your connection to them. So tell us more. How do you create connection and foster culture in a hybrid or sometimes a totally virtual environment? It's such a good question. And, and at the end of the day, you know, I feel like that's probably my biggest responsibility as the chief pharmacy executive is to set the culture, to really establish a culture that people want to be a part of, where people feel like they're getting invested in, they're achieving what they want to achieve. And it's not like I can't say you, you check these three boxes and you're going to have that culture that you want on the other end of it. So it's really um, constant work. It's really constant work. And I would say the way you know I've approached it is just making sure that we personalize everything that we do and create a lot of different opportunities for, for people to connect in different ways. So starting when somebody joins the organization. So we've done a lot of work to have very robust 
orientation processes. So new leaders, when they come into the organization, we have a whole new leader orientation program for them. Same thing with frontline team members. So there's a lot to learn when you join a big organization like Novant Health, as you know. So there's a lot to learn about the organization, but there's a lot to learn about the division that you're a part of. And so we really try to give people a very warm welcome set them up for success. Who are the right people? You know, who do you need to call when something is not working with your computer? Like, like helping people understand where to go when they need things done. So that's, that's piece one. Uh, the second thing I would say we do is we really focus on engagement. So we have created a lot of structure within pharmacy to focus on ways to engage people in, in a way that's meaningful to them. So whether it's, we have shared governance committees across all of the different units within pharmacy so that we can hear from the teams, what's important to you? What do you need help with? And then we can have shared learnings across all of those different teams. A lot of work has happened there just to identify the things that matter to our team members and the things that we can do to make the time that they spend at work more enjoyable and more aligned with purpose and and passion inspiring. And then the last thing I'll share, well, two more things. So one, rounding. So getting out there, spending time with the teams, having an opportunity to see what people are doing and recognize the amazing and remarkable things that they're doing every day. So that's a big part of creating culture. And then the last piece, which is something that I actually learned from what Carl does with his um, monthly uh, Carl's Corners, I've created a fireside chat with the pharmacy team. So every month we do fireside chats that are meant to be just kind of casual updates around what's going on, but a platform for people to be able to ask questions, engage with the senior leaders across pharmacies. So those are just a sampling of some of the things that we do to try to create a culture and really try to engage people knowing that now we're not all in one location. Uh, Virtual is a part of our reality and we have hybrid work environments and we're spread out across the entire state of North Carolina. So it does take a lot of work and time and attention to make sure that you're creating opportunities to connect with the team. Well, I can see that you're so intentional about creating the culture. You have to. Yeah, you have to. You have to pay attention. You have to focus on it day in and day out. That's wonderful. So, Becky, tell us about the pharmacy uh, landscape. You know, what changes have you seen and how have you prepared your team to thrive during times of change? Yeah, it's a really good question, Carmen. So much has changed. I can remember when I graduated from pharmacy school and somebody told me, in, in like two years, the drugs that you're dispensing are going to be totally different than the drugs that you're dispensing today, because that's how fast the drug pipeline works. And I didn't believe it at the time, but I will tell you, it has turned out to be spot on truth. I mean, because there is so much development and evidence that that's being formed with clinical trials, we learn so much over the years around how, around how best to treat diseases. So that just the drug landscape It's completely different than what it was 24 years ago. So that's one piece of it. Uh, We've seen a lot of growth in the specialty pharmacy space. That didn't even exist when I got out of pharmacy school, if you can imagine that. So, so many new drugs, really new segments within pharmacy that didn't used to be as relevant are really important to, to how we care for patients today. And a lot of the care that historically maybe we gave in the hospital. So we would bring people in, we would keep them in the hospital for five days to give them chemotherapy. All of that has changed. There are drugs that now can be administered in the outpatient setting so we can keep people in their homes where they're more comfortable. So just the the places where we deliver care is completely different than what it was 24 years ago. So it's a really changing landscape. And I would say preparing teams for change, it really just is helping people expect that change is always coming. 
So if you are not changing, you're standing still and the world is going by without you. So <laughs> really helping people be prepared for what to expect that they can lead change and that it's coming. And then try to at least have a vision into what we think or where we think things are going in five years so we can position ourselves to be successful in that. Uh, one thing I will tell you that we do in pharmacy that I think has really helped people prepare for change every year. We put together a strategic plan that has the specific things that we hope to accomplish as a team. And we align that plan with the organizational priorities to get everybody focused on what they can do to help us be successful. So I think that helps people manage through the change when they at least can see the vision for where things are going. That's wonderful, Becky. It's uh, it's just really exciting to, to understand more about how the landscape has changed and how your team reacts and moves right through it. That's fantastic. Absolutely. So Becky, I'm sure our listeners are just enthralled by hearing your story and your perspective, but tell us about a time where you've made a mistake, you know, sometime along the way in your career. Uh, What have you learned from that? It's a great question, Carmen. I would say we all make mistakes every day, right? (laughs) We wish we could go back and redo, but I'll tell you a couple things that just, you know, you have moments in your life that feel like that you look back on that you remember and you think about things totally different after those things occurred. So I'll tell you two stories. One, when I graduated from pharmacy school from Chapel Hill, I got a a BS in pharmacy. And it was a time in pharmacy where many of the schools were transitioning to all PharmD programs, meaning that in order to sit for your license in North Carolina, you would have to have a doctorate in pharmacy to sit for your license. And I was kind of in that in-between phase because that had not started when I graduated from pharmacy school. So I graduated with a bachelor's of science in pharmacy and chose not to do a residency and chose not to go for an extra year to get that PharmD. Like, what was I thinking? Why why would I not spend one year setting myself up for future success? I was so um, disappointed in myself because I you know felt like I needed to get out there, start making money, start my career. You know, I had a broke down car that was breaking down on the side. You know how it goes. Well done, Becky. Yeah, you, you needed, <laughs> I needed a car to get to work. So I, I made that decision and, and just regretted it because I found myself in a job that I just hated. You know, I felt like I was going to work every day, checking a box. I didn't feel like I was really bringing my true self and, and delivering what I thought I could do for, for patients in the community. So what I did, what I learned is it's never too late. Uh, so I actually went back to school Um, while I was working full-time and got my doctorate. So UNC had a virtual program where you could get your PharmD um, by watching videos of lectures, testing locations. We did experience learning in different facilities. So I had an opportunity to go back and get the PharmD, which I'm so glad that I did because it's really, um, well, two things. It helped me kind of put the pieces together. So after you have some clinical experience, you can kind of see how things fit together in a way that maybe I couldn't before. So I felt like I learned a lot from the program, okay. um, but was able to, to really you know, set my career on a different path after doing that. The second story I'll tell you, this is why I was wow. here about health. So I had an opportunity when I joined the organization, it was one year into a two-year grant where the organization decided we were going to hire some pharmacists to help patients who are transitioning out of the hospital into the home. So what we would do is we'd call them, go over their medications, make sure that they got the medications, and then give that communication back to the physician if there were any concerns about side effects, interactions, that sort of thing. But I always thought, well, I don't know know, how how long is my job going to be here if it's a grant-funded position and it's two years. And fortunately, we had a lot of success. 
But because of that success, we had an opportunity to um, represent Nova Health on a national stage. So the American Society of Health System Pharmacists mm -hmm. awarded us a best practice award, which is a big deal in the world of pharmacy. Not everybody gets those. So our Transitions to Care program was really successful. We got this award. And my boss came to me and she's like, I want you to be in the video. And I want you to go to San Francisco or wherever it was and accept this award on, my, on our behalf because I had she felt like I had done a lot of work to help us get there. And I turned her down. I told Nat, I said, no, I don't think that I want to go. Let's let somebody else take that award. Let somebody else do the video. And I really have no excuse for not doing that other than I just felt uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable about being on a video. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to put myself out there. So what I learned is you, you just have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And sometimes when you feel nervous or fearful about something, the best thing to do is lean in and learn something and grow as a result. So I told myself after that minute, I'm never going to turn something down again. When an opportunity presents that I feel like I can do something here and is a good opportunity for me, I'm going to lean in and take advantage of that opportunity. Becky, thank you for sharing those examples that are, are really show your humility uh, and I don't know, your candor and just sharing lessons learned with, with our listeners. Yeah. So as we close out today, Becky, what pro leadership tips will you share uh, with our listeners? What would you like to leave our listeners with? I'll share a couple things, um, little, just little kind of snapshots of uh, leadership advice. So one, if you care first, your team will care. So I try to always be very caring and really care for the person that I'm supporting because then they're going to care about the work that they're doing. Trust is key. You got to honor your commitments. You got to own your mistakes. You got to be clear about what expectations are. And really uh, hold others accountable. And sometimes that's a challenge when you first start in your leadership on your leadership journey, but it's really important for, for teams to be successful. Opportunities don't always come when you think you're ready. So most of the time an opportunity arises and you don't think you're quite ready for it. And so changing your mindset that being ready is a decision that you do need to take advantage of those opportunities when they arise is something, a piece of advice that I learned along the way based on the mistake that I shared with you. So I wanted to share that. Another little snippet, and a lot of these are things that people tell me along the way. So I thought they were really impactful. Never stop growing and learning. So the skill set that brought you to where you are today is not the skill set that you need for your future self. So you have to always look for opportunities to grow. And then the last thing I'll share is just to be true to yourself. Don't try try to change who you are, how you show up, the work that you do, or be like anybody else. Because really, the best gifts that you bring only come out when you're living authentically and bringing all of the things that naturally are a part of who you are as a person to the work that you do every day. So that's what I'll leave you with. Well, Becky, what a treat to spend some time with you. I've really enjoyed our conversation and I know that our leaders and our team members will enjoy it as well. Absolutely. Again, thank you for the opportunity. As always, love spending time with you, Carmen. So uh, thanks for giving me the stage today. <laughs> thank you, Becky. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Make sure to look for future episodes of Talent Talk where you typically listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening and until next time, keep inspiring the talent around you.